tonight. Lord, I pray, as everybody's agreeing with me, that your Holy Spirit just move upon every single one of us that are going to be listening. And Lord, help us by the Spirit of God to give you our best ear, our full attention, our focus as the Holy Spirit moves upon us and help us to just get locked in. And Lord, I pray they'd be so powerful. Lord, that you would anoint our eyes and ears to be eyes and ears of the Spirit. Help us, Lord, to be good, fertile soil of hearts and minds. Lord, I ask you to anoint and speak through me the word of the Lord tonight in glory, power, strong anointing. Let the word of God go out. Lord, it's going to be like a hammer that's going to break through religion. It's going to break through traditions of men. Lord, it's going to be a sword that penetrates. Lord, let there be a washing of the water of the word. Let the light of your truth shine and dispel all the darkness, all the lies, all the deception of the enemy and bring truth and revelation knowledge. Lord, I pray you would speak to me everything that needs to be spoken. And it's going to be a living seed sown in a good soil, watered by the Holy Spirit. Take root, grow, and produce a hundredfold harvest of eternal fruit that remains until Jesus comes. Let the winds of your spirit, Lord, carry this out among the nations. It's going to get where it needs to get and accomplish that which it needs to do. Lord, we thank you and we bless you. Thank you for hearing answering every prayer. And Lord, you said the birds of the air try to steal the seed. So we bind anything of the enemy that would try to hinder or distract or come against this word. We bind it now in the name of Jesus. We command you back off. Lord, let your angels just clear all that out of the way. And everything will be accomplished in and through this time that your will to be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, does everybody have notes? We're going to go through this together. Before I get into the notes, though, I felt the Lord give me a quick warning that I felt I needed to give. If you could bring the lapel down just a hair, it's just a little bit hot, but it needs to still be up where it can be heard well. But I want to give a quick warning from the Lord. I felt the Lord tell me that in these latter days, it's going to be extremely important that people are properly covered and under authority that our lives are lining up with the word of god i felt the lord tell me to release this warning and i'm gonna be faithful to do that but we've got to be properly covered hear what i'm saying there's going to be an intensity in these last days in spiritual warfare that it's going to be hard for some people to shake what's coming against them especially if they're not in God's will and their lives are not lining up with the word of God they may not be able to shake it we've got to be properly under authority be under a covering that God has us there we also have got to be in the center of God's will for our lives you need to make sure that you're living where you're supposed to be living you're going to the right church you're under the right pastor you better make sure you're in God's will also those we've got to make sure that we're living obedient to the word of god so if there's areas of our lives that we know we're looking at it there's areas that are not right we know that the word of god says this but our lives are over here doing this it's going to be very difficult if the devil ever decides to attack those people it's going to be very difficult for them to shake that because they're in disobedience and the enemy has that's where he's probably going to target also we desperately need and this is what this sermon's going to be about tonight we desperately need to be clothed in the power of god and the glory of god and that has to do with the baptism in the holy ghost and with fire 
And so I don't think it's one of those things that's just like, well, you know, wouldn't that be nice? I feel like that we're going to need it in these latter days. And God's given that to us as a grace to overcome, okay? So I'm going to go through this. I'm going to do my best to try not to get too theological and, and bogged down about a doctrine here. I mainly want to talk about this from a perspective of stirring people up to be hungry for more and to receive what God has for you. And I'll never forget, as I'm starting this sermon tonight, it made me think about there was a particular service at Brownsville. And I think I've shared this before, but in this particular service, Lyndall Cooley was up there on the platform and he was leading the worship and, and he kind of stopped everything and he said something. And I'll never forget it because I, I knew what he was talking about. And he said this, he said, you got to understand, there's, there's thousands of people and the service is kind of flowing and all of a sudden it's like he just kind of stops things and begins to talk about something. He said that there's, there's some of you here tonight and he said, you're in this place and you don't even know what's going on here. You're looking around, you don't know. But he said this, he said, you feel in you that God is doing something and you can't put words to it, but you feel something in you stirring. And he said, some of you here tonight, let me tell you what that is. He said, you had a spirit-filled um, grandma or a spirit-filled great-grandma or somebody in your family and they were baptized in the Holy Ghost. They were spirit-filled people. And he said, it is no accident that you're drawn here tonight. And he said that it is in your blood. And that's what you feel tonight stirring in you is that generational thing that's in you. Amen. And I know what he's talking about. Because there is generational blessings. And it is no accident many times that people's feet find themselves walking into certain places because there is something sometimes not always but sometimes there's something in somebody's family bloodline a generational blessing that has guided them and um, anyway I just wanted to share that because I want people to think about your heritage it's not just a salvation but but those that have revival those that have Pentecost in their bloodline it is a generational blessing and God's going to cause it to be to where your feet end up where they need to be and I'll never forget uh, give you just one more example about that and then I need to move on but you guys all know my son-in-law over here playing the drums and working with the youth and all that but I remember that whenever he was younger that he just kind of showed up to our house one time we had had a prayer meeting there and it was like a, a late night type of prayer meeting and I, I don't think before that I'd ever met him, but he just came with some different people and he was there to pray. But I remember praying for him in the course of the evening and him just getting hit by the power of falling out. And I didn't think anything of it because stuff like that happens all the time. But all, all these many years later, he ends up, her, him and Brianna get married. And there at the time where they're going to get married and we had a rehearsal dinner or something I was able to meet some of his family and his grandfather was telling me sit across from me and was telling me he said you know he said I, I grew up and I wasn't around Pentecost but he said there was a time where I was in a particular meeting and the Holy Spirit came upon me and he said I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and he said I spoke in tongues and he said it was so powerful he said it changed my life 
And he said this. Hear what I'm saying. He said, I prayed that God would do that in my family. He would do that in my children. He would do that in my grandchildren. It was no accident that he just happened to wander into my house one night. Listen, God guides the feet of people into these places like that. And it, it was something that God did in a way of a generational blessing to bring Pentecost. So anyway, I want to move on from that point. But I just wanted to make sure you understand that there can be generational blessings. And those of you that have been touched by Pentecost really powerfully in your life, you need to start praying like his grandfather did, that God will do that in your children and in your grandchildren. Did y'all hear me tonight? You need to pray that Pentecost find them because we, we don't just need in these latter days just to be born again. We need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and with fire. We need it. All right. And let me say something else. The baptism in the Holy Ghost will produce a boldness. Um, the book of Acts, it talks about how Peter and, uh, Peter and John, remember they were beaten and they were ran off by the Sanhedrin and said, no longer speak in this name of Jesus. And, and I remember reading that. I remember how they perceived that Peter and John had been with Jesus. I wonder what type of boldness radiated off them that they perceived that they had been with the Lord. But the Bible says Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. And you got to understand, he was speaking to people that had the authority to have them killed. You understand that? And it, there's this group of people. And Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he said, you judge for yourselves. Is it right for us to obey you or obey God? That took boldness. And when Peter and John were beaten and sent back, they went back rejoicing that they had the, the grace to suffer for the Lord. But when they gathered together, they began to pray, the early church. And hear what I'm saying. They began to pray. And they said, Lord, consider their threats. And we ask you, Lord, that you would fill us with boldness. To speak your word fearlessly. And that you would stretch out your hand and heal the sick. In the name of Jesus that many will believe. But as they prayed, listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says the place where they met shook with the power of God. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and boldness. There's a boldness that comes by being baptized in the Holy Ghost. I remember that the story of Smith Wigglesworth. He had been somebody that was uneducated, and he was a plumber by trade. And his wife had gotten involved with William Booth's ministry, um, the Salvation Army, which back then was very powerful. It was very spirit-filled. As a matter of fact, that song we did tonight, Send the Fire, was written by William Booth. And they were basically very powerful Pentecostal warriors for the Lord and, and Smith Wigglesworth his wife was involved with this ministry but he was somebody that was uneducated he was somebody that was somewhat shy and 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 he just uh, worked a secular job but he began to be hungry for more and he went to this meeting where people were baptized in the Holy Spirit he went there desperate and he was asking them please pray for me that I would be baptized in the Holy Ghost and there was a man that knelt down and began to pray with him. And at some point in time, Smith Wigglesworth was baptized in the Holy Ghost and with fire. And he was a totally transformed individual. When he came back, 
history records that when he came back, he began to want to speak and minister. And with the Salvation Army at one particular time, he stood up and he began to preach. And there was such an anointing and such a boldness on him. His wife stood back and her, she was just in total shock because she had never seen him like that. And she said, that's not the same man that I've known all these years. That's what the baptism in the Holy Ghost will do for you. And I remember that uh, Dr. Cho was talking about in Korea years ago. <clears throat> he said that his mother-in-law was somebody there and baptized in the Holy Spirit. She was a spirit-filled and powerful woman of God. And she would go out witnessing and because of the anointing on her, the Holy Spirit would move upon people and they would cry. She'd be telling about Jesus and they'd be crying. They would feel the power of God. And then he said he would go out and, and he would try to do what she's doing and they would get angry with him and want to beat him up. And so he said, what's going on? You know, he said, why is it? And he went to his mother-in-law and said, why is it? You talk to them, they start crying and, and there's something there. And he said, I talk to them and they seem to not listen. They seem to get irritated. They want to beat me up. And she said, you need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and with fire. And so he determined that he was going to be baptized. So he goes out in the woods. And he, this is the way he tells it. It's kind of funny when he tells it. But he said he went out and hugged a tree. And he said, Lord, I'm not leaving this tree until you baptize me in the Holy Ghost. Anyway, at some point in time, he got baptized in the Holy Ghost and with fire. And then when he came back and he started witnessing, guess what? People started crying and getting saved. All right, so let me give a few scriptures tonight. There was predictions in the Bible. In Isaiah, it talked about Jesus. And, of course, when Jesus was baptized by John in the River Jordan and the mantle was passed, Jesus went off into the wilderness, fasted 40 days, was tempted by the devil. But when he came back, he went to synagogue and he took the scroll. It was his time to read. And, and he, he took the scroll of the prophet Isaiah and he was moving through that scroll and he found the place where it was written this Luke 11 or Luke 4:18 it records this and it says Jesus read this the spirit of the lord is upon me now I want you to notice the phrase upon me he said the spirit of the lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to proclaim release to the captives Recovery of sight to the blind to set those free that are oppressed and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Jesus' ministry was marked by the power of the Holy Spirit. They said about Jesus, they said he's not like the teachers of the law. When he teaches, he teaches with a boldness like somebody that has authority. And they saw that about him. So there's something different about him when he teaches. But also, Jesus' ministry was marked with signs and wonders. He would pray for the sick and their healed. He would cast demons out. The power of God functioned through the Lord Jesus Christ without measure. Now, it's said about Jesus when John the Baptist, now understand who John, John was the last of the Old Testament prophets. Jesus said about him, there was none greater than John. John walked in the same fiery mantle of the Holy Ghost that Elijah the prophet walked in. I want you to understand, he was a powerful man of God. John the Baptist. 
He was out there. He lived a Nazarite life of separation. And he was a voice crying out in the wilderness. And he was a voice of what? Repentance. He preached a fiery message of repentance. I believe what was on John needs to be on us in these latter days. It's a fiery message, a fiery mantle of preaching repentance and prepare the way for the coming of the Lord who is coming soon. But this great man of God, John, the Holy Spirit revealed to John that there would come someone and that when he saw him, that the Spirit of the Lord would be upon him and that he would know that he was the Messiah to come. And John bore witness when he saw Jesus. He saw the Holy Spirit move upon Jesus. He said, this is surely the Lamb of God that will take away the sins of the world. But look at what John said about Jesus in Matthew 3.11. He's predicting this. He said, listen, I baptize you with water for repentance. I'm telling you to get the sin out of your life. And I'm immersing you. There, there's a deep consecration going on. I'm trying to get you ready because there's coming one after me who is truly the Messiah. And I'm trying to get you ready for his coming. And John said that. And he said, but the one who's coming after me, the Messiah, he is much greater than I. I'm not even fit to remove his sandals. And listen to what it says. This is the description of Jesus. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So John said, I baptize with water, but the one coming after me, he's going to baptize in the Holy Ghost and with fire. And it's, it goes on to say his winnowing fork is in his hand. What that was, was like a pitchfork that you would toss up the barley up in the air and the wind would separate the chaff from the barley. And he was saying here that this baptism in the Holy Ghost and fire is going to burn out all the junk out of you. He will clear the threshing floor. So the baptism in the Holy Ghost and with fire will purify you. That fire will begin to work through your life and burn out all the junk. And that's what I could say for sure happened to me when I was at Brownsville. Was that I was so young in the Lord and I'd come out of so much sin. And I had so many things I needed to be delivered from and healed from and sanctified and everything else. And I went there very young, and I was, I was just hungry. And as I went there, the Lord met me there, and I was baptized in, in fire. That's not an exaggeration. I felt like I was baptized in fire. And God began a process of purging all the junk out of my life. It took time. God had to go layer by layer. He had to do a work, but God sanctified my life. So Acts 1.8 I'm giving you some different scriptures here. Jesus was about to leave, and he said in Acts 1.8, he had risen from the dead. He had met with his disciples. He was seen by something like 500 people. And here he is standing on the Mount of Olives, and he says this to them. Listen, I'm going back to where I came from, but you, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. In, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, even to the remote parts of the earth. Now, that prediction happened because in Jerusalem, it was what Peter and some of these early disciples, and then Philip and others took it to Samaria. And then Paul and Barnabas and others took it to the ends of the earth. But Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, then you'll be my witnesses. Remember what I told you about Dr. Cho? 
He had to be clothed in power. It was the power of the Holy Spirit that would penetrate in people's lives. In Luke 24, 44, Jesus says this. This is the same time frame. Jesus is about to leave. He said, these are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you. All these things that are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. How would you like for the Lord to touch your mind to be able to understand the word of God like never before? That's by the Holy Spirit he does that. And then verse 45, it says, then he opened their minds to the scriptures, verse 46. Then he said to them, thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead on the third day. And that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. You are my witnesses of these things. Again, you see a witness. He's wanting us to be a witness of him. And it says in verse 49, and Behold, I am sending you the promise of the Father, but you stay in Jerusalem in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. Now I want you to take notice of clothed with power. I'm trying not to get too theological, but I do need to say a few things. What you've got to understand is when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and it's real, it's not just some emotional thing and it's certainly not some intellectual thing, but and it's not some religious thing, it's where you're born again. Amen? Okay, when the Holy Spirit, when you're born again, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you and he will dwell in you and he will be with you and he will no longer allow you to stay the same. The things you used to do, the Holy Spirit will convict you and you're going to stop doing those old things. But there's a difference between a new birth and a clothing of power. And some of you have experienced that in River of Life. You might have been born again, but there was a time when the Holy Spirit, when Jesus baptized you in the Holy Ghost and with fire and you were clothed with power from on high. It's a totally different thing. And I'm going to show you that, the empowerment. All right. In Acts chapter 8, verse 12, Philip had went to Samaria. And Philip was a mighty man of God. Man, he went there in the power of the Holy Spirit. The cripples were getting up and walking. The blind was seeing. People were healings and miracles. Demons were coming out of people with a shriek. There was such a power. Philip walked in that everybody there was paying attention to him. As a matter of fact, even Simon the sorcerer, who had amazed the people through the dark arts, he was blown away by Philip's ministry. And the Bible says that Simon gave his life to the Lord and followed Philip. It was so powerful. Now I'm going to read this. I want you to see. After Philip went there and he preached the gospel, he preached the gospel with power. So many people gave their life to Jesus Philip was, was water baptizing people, and there was a great harvest of souls, okay? Now, listen to what happened right after that. And understand, all these people had given their lives to the Lord. They were water baptized. They were born again, okay? In Acts 8, now verse 12, when they in Jerusalem, okay, when they, I'm sorry, when they believed Philip preaching the good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus, they were baptized, men and women alike, even Simon himself believed, after being baptized, he continued on with Philip and observed all the signs, okay? But they sent for Peter and John. And when Peter and John came, 
they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, and I, I should have put that scripture in here, I thought that I did, but the Bible says that they had not received that beforehand. But when Peter and John came and laid hands on them, they received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And it was so powerful that Simon said, give me the ability to do that, I'll give you money. And that's when Peter rebuked him. So you can see that they had already been saved under Philip's ministry, but then those in Jerusalem heard about it, and they sent Peter and John. They went there and prayed over Samaria that they received the baptism in the Holy Ghost. So there's a clothing of power to do what Jesus did. Jesus said, you'll do what I do in even greater things because I go to the Father. What did he mean by that? Because he said, when I go to the Father, I'll send the Holy Spirit. That's what he meant by that. You'll do even greater things than I did because I'm going to go, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and he will empower you to do that. Then Acts chapter 19, starting with verse 1, Paul passed through the upper country and came to Ephesus, and he found some disciples there, and he said, did you receive? Now listen to this question. See, Peter and John knew that Samaria had accepted Christ, and they knew that they needed the baptism in the Holy Ghost. So Peter and John were willing to travel from Jerusalem all the way to Samaria to lay hands and pray over this harvest to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. They knew how important it was for them. So here's Paul He's going to Ephesus. He runs into some disciples and listen to the question he asked him. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, well, what were you baptized? He said, we were baptized in John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized a baptism of repentance, telling people to believe on him who was to come after him, that is in Jesus and look at this. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let's stop there for a moment. People have tried to make a new birth into all kinds of different types of um, rituals. If you sign this card, if you kneel, if you repeat this prayer, if you do this, this, and this, and this. Bottom line is being born again is a supernatural thing. It does not require a certain prayer to be prayed. It doesn't require a certain position that your body's in. And it certainly doesn't have anything to do with you joining a church. And as soon as, see, John's baptism was so powerful, it, it prepared people for the gospel. Do you all understand that? This was, it was a powerful move of God. As soon as these people heard Paul say, John baptized preparing people for the one who was to come that is in jesus as soon as they heard that they accepted it in their heart and they were born again right then verse five when they heard this they were baptized in the name of the lord jesus they got saved on the spot born again and then verse six paul knew that they needed the baptism in the holy ghost that's why when he first met them he said hey wait a second did you receive the holy spirit and the Bible says Paul laid his hands upon them and the Holy Spirit came on them and they began to speak with tongues and prophesy. There was about 12 men. So the baptism in the Holy Spirit 
comes upon people through the laying on of hands. But it doesn't have to be that you lay hands. We've seen people that were baptized in the Holy Spirit just in a worship set here in River of Life begin to speak in tongues and cry. But I've had so many people down through the years that we've prayed over. My wife and I laid hands and prayed over. It's been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I've seen little ones, little kids out under the power of God. One young man was just, his whole body shaking under the power. So we need the power of God. We need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. It's an empowerment to overcome. I've always felt, my wife and I talked about this, when she accepted the Lord, she, she found the Lord. You guys know her testimony, but just for the sake of those that don't, let me just real quickly. So my wife grew up in a, in a totally, completely non-Christian environment. The only thing she knew about Jesus Christ at all was just from that movie that came out, Jesus Christ Superstar. That's it. That's the only thing she knew about Jesus. She grew up in a family of people that were involved pretty deeply in witchcraft and the occult, and her dad was involved in Satan worship. They had nothing to do with Jesus. And through a series of events, she, she went through horrible abuse, sexual abuse, etc. She ended up homeless. She had to run away from home to get away from all the abuse. But to make a long story short, through a supernatural series of events, she found a Bible in her car. And it was a car obtained through a, through a drug deal. There was no reason for there to be a Bible in there. Okay? But there was a Bible in there nonetheless. And she read it, and in the back it had the sinner's prayer and she prayed that and she felt that something very significant happened to her when she prayed to the Lord and cried out to him she was born again but being a baby Christian she really didn't know anything about the Lord and if she would have gone back to the same environment she would not be here today she knew that she had to get out of that ungodly evil environment she was living in she was living in, at the time, was it Washington you were living in? Okay. She had to move from there, and she knew that um, an ex-husband back here in Texas, his father became a Pentecostal preacher. And so she called him, and she, she was telling him about her testimony, about what she came out of, and then how she prayed this prayer and found this Bible. And she's like, what do I do? You're the only Christian I know. And he said, you better get out of there. I'll buy you a ticket to get you over here, but you better get out of there. And so he helped her get here. And when she got here, he began to help her cast out um, the demons out of her life and break the power of Satan because he was baptized in the Holy Ghost. And he knew, he knew how to help her. But she got baptized in the Holy Ghost and with fire. And I, I contend, and so does she, she agrees with me, I contend that I don't know that she would have been able to gird up under all the warfare had she not been baptized in the Holy Ghost and with fire. I thank God that she ended up finding a Pentecostal preacher. And she didn't end up in some dead, dry religious place that just told her to get on Prozac. Amen? Or some dead, dry religious place that acted like there was something wrong with her. No, she just needed to be delivered and she needed to be baptized in fire and clothed with the power of God. All right, a few other things. The baptism in the Holy Ghost is not just a clothing of power. 
but there's going to be a prayer language you notice that when people were baptized in the holy ghost in the book of acts that they began to speak in other tongues and prophesy there is a prayer language now you understand i'm trying not to get real theological because it's not where i'm going with this but i do need to say a few things people oftentimes don't understand this but in Mark 16, starting with around 16, 17, 18, 19 in that area, is Jesus said this. Jesus Christ said this. He said, these signs will follow them that believe in my name. They will speak in new tongues. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover and they will drive out demons. Jesus said, all who believe, they will do this. These signs will follow them man that's powerful and so when jesus said that you understand he predicted that there would be a group of believers that would follow him that they would speak in new tongues and isaiah talked about it said with stammering lips and an unknown tongue okay they would they would speak so it's a sign and a wonder the bible says in corinthians it's a sign even to the unbeliever but there is in this passage among some other places in acts chapter 2 peter said look this is for you and for your children and all who are far off all that the lord our god will call so this baptism in the holy ghost in this prayer language is for everybody that's a believer it's available and we need it we need our prayer language but there's a difference between the baptism of the holy spirit with a prayer language and then the gift hear me because this is important and in first corinthians chapter 12 it said that there's gifts nine gifts of the spirit and in there it says that there is a gift of giving a message in tongues publicly to the church which requires an interpretation okay that's a gift of giving a message to a group of people to a corporate body it's a specific gift that's not the same thing as you being baptized in the holy ghost and having a prayer language it's not the same thing people get that confused and it's interesting because I've had um, times where the Holy Spirit has come upon me and given a message in tongues, and it's totally different than my normal prayer language. It is a message in tongues. You understand it's a gift of giving a message to a group of people, and it requires an interpretation for them to understand that message. Is this making sense? All right. But <clears throat> we don't always know how to pray. And the Bible says it's so important. I try to pray in the spirit every day and I encourage those of you that's baptized in the Holy Ghost the Apostle Paul said I pray in tongues more than you all in Romans 8 26 it says so too the Holy Spirit comes to our aid embarrass us up in our weaknesses because we do not know what prayer to offer or how to offer it worthily as we ought but the spirit himself goes to meet our supplication and pleads in our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance see i talk about things like this i read it in the word and where paul said i'm again in the pains of childbirth till christ be formed in you and i say this in love and i say this with humility but i would say the vast majority of modern christianity in america has absolutely no idea what this even is talking about they've never heard it they've never been around it you read it and it's like a foreign language to them some of them think that they know what it is they've never been around it 
And you get around the powerful like these intercessors here and the, the deep groaning and the travailing that's too deep for words. You've heard it. Did you hear what I said? It's too deep for words. It's a groan. It's a travail. And also praying in tongues. It's so powerful. But we don't always know how to pray, but the Holy Spirit will pray through us. Remember that. When you don't know how to pray, and there's a lot of times that we really, we've prayed, we've prayed what we understand and what we know, and we get to a point, it's like, okay, I no longer know what to say anymore. I've already prayed everything that I know and understand. Holy Spirit, help me. Just pray through me, and let the Holy Spirit begin to pray through you in tongues. The Holy Spirit will pray the perfect will of God, he knows exactly how to pray and how to pray the, the precise thing at that time that needs to be prayed. Not only that, but sometimes it may move into a deep groan and travail. That's too deep for words. They said about Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts was used so powerfully back in the 50s with the healing um, ministry that he had. Powerful healing. And some of the people that knew him said one time that there was all these needs. And he had such a heart for the people. And there was all these needs. And they, they had gathered up different prayer requests written down on paper. And they put them there on this table. And they said that they, as Oral was there, and they asked him, said, Hey, listen, here's the needs of the people. Would you begin to pray? And he just began to lay his hands and pray. But the Holy Spirit came upon him so powerfully. And he began to hold his stomach and he began to groan and just ache and travail over those needs. What he was doing was interceding. A deep groan, a deep travail. And the people there said it surprised him to see him in such a deep place of groaning like that. But I'm telling you, that is a very powerful form of prayer. And that's what you guys are hearing with Brianna and others that are praying that way. It's a deep groan, a deep travail. All right. Also... When the, you're baptized in the Holy Ghost and with fire, I kind of skipped over this, but I want to say this. Derek Prince used to say, and I totally agree with this, that you enter into the supernatural realm of Christianity. In the tabernacle, when you accept the Lord, so to speak, metaphorically, you're in the outer court. But when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost and clothed with power, you're beginning to move into the holy place. It's different. You're going into where the lampstand is, where there's revelation. And now it's like that blue tunic that has the bells and the pomegranates. It's the, the, the gifts are in operation. When somebody's baptized in the Holy Ghost and with fire, they begin to move now into the supernatural realm, into the revelation realm. Gifts of things like tongues and prophecy, words of knowledge, discerning of spirits, they begin to move into the supernatural aspect where now there's an anointing to pray for the sick and see them healed and to cast out demons. There's a precious woman of God and, and she had gotten saved out of Satanism. Her name is Dorian Irvine. And she wrote a book about it and she was saying that when she accepted the Lord, she had come out of so much sin and she had went to this church that was kind of a high church and there was a, it wasn't Catholic, but there was like a, a priest of sorts. I think maybe it was Anglican or something. But she said that they had served communion that day and, and the demons in her manifested and she fell on the floor because of the power of the communion table. 
and she was really upset about it she was kind of embarrassed and she really wanted help man she wanted to be free and, and on her way out that that day she shook hands with the the minister and she said please help me i come out all this stuff and he she said that he just kind of turned pale he didn't know what to say he just said it was good to see you today and just let her go because he didn't know how to help her and she was crying out to the lord she said lord please help me i need to be delivered from this garbage i need to be set free and through a series of events there was a particular minister who was baptized in the holy ghost and with fire she got his number and called him and he came and man he cast those demons out of her and it was a powerful thing she was delivered See, some people out there act like the Pentecostals or whatever are, are crazy until they're in trouble. There was one guy that had cancer. And um, he, had, uh, you know, he had been a part of a church that would have been real negative about Pentecostals. But when he got cancer, he called a Pentecostal preacher. And the preacher came to pray for him. Did you know he was healed from cancer completely? Yeah. So here's some other things the Holy Spirit will do. 1 Peter 1, verse 2, by the sanctifying work of the Spirit. And then Ephesians 1, 13, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. So the Holy Spirit, when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost and with fire, remember it said his winnowing fork, his winnowing fork is in his hand. That fire will begin to sanctify your life. The Lord will begin to purify you. There's things that we can do, we can repent of, but there's things that only God can do. And that fire will come in and it will take out the junk. And the Holy Spirit will seal us off and keep us. You know, I believe it was Jude, isn't it, that wrote, to him who's able to keep you. Maybe it was to Timothy, I don't remember where it was at, but to him who's able to keep you against that day that the holy spirit will seal you and sustain you until we meet the lord in the air many people don't know this because they focus on the helmet the breastplate the shield the sword the loins girt about and then the gospel shoes there's six but they don't realize that there's a seventh piece to the armor because a lot of these places that talk about the armor, they don't believe in the baptism in the Holy Ghost. But Ephesians 6, 17, at the end of that part, we talk about the armor. He says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 18, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. As you know, praying in the Spirit is part of the armament. It is an empowerment. So there's actually two offensive weapons, if you will. There's the sword, which is the word of God, but there's also praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues. And also in the Bible, it says that when you pray in the Spirit, you build yourself up in your most holy faith. Praying in tongues, it says it edifies yourself. And Kenneth Hagin used to say, just like those rechargeable batteries they drain but you got to plug them back in charge them back up he said that when you pray in the spirit you edify yourself it's recharging your battery and i would say something as well praying in tongues it says that you utter mysteries in first corinthians chapter 14 
uttering mysteries has to do with revelation. How many of you guys, since you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost, can say that God has revealed things to you that you did not understand before? Seriously, think about it for a moment. There was things in the Word of God you did not understand, but after you baptized in the Holy Spirit, you began to pray in tongues. All of a sudden, it made sense to you. See, there's an uttering of mysteries. I believe many times a lot of the sermons I get is because I try to pray in tongues every day that there's revelation. God gives revelation. So let me give you a few more things tonight. How do you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? How many knows that many people, when it comes to receiving from God, it's too easy and they complicate it. You ever notice that? It's so easy, they can't handle it. They, they want a formula. They, they want do's and don'ts. They want something. Some kind of, you know, penance or something. I don't know. But it's just so simple. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is for you and your children and all who are far off. All who the Lord our God will call. Jesus said, those that believe in me, that's everybody that's a believer. Y'all believer tonight? Those that believe in me, you will speak in new tongues. You will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You will drive out demons. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, for his written curse is anyone who's hung on a tree. In order that in Christ Jesus, the blessings of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the Holy Spirit through faith. When I pray with people in the altar time, I tell people, stop praying and stop trying. That's the problem right there. Did y'all hear me? Stop praying, stop asking, stop trying. Just relax. And let the Lord pour into you. So many people, Pentecostal people, I grew up in Pentecost. I have every right to say things like this. They try too hard. They're used to, to, to trying to make something happen, I guess. But you'll hear them. They've got their hands lifted. They're praying in tongues as loud as they can. They're just going at it. It's like, as long as you're doing that, you're going to be hindered from receiving all that God has. Stop praying. Stop trying and just receive. It's so easy that some totally miss it. It, but the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is received by faith. And I remember I tell this story a lot of times because I believe this scripture is received by faith. I don't try to make things happen right there on the spot and then tell people, well, you didn't receive it because you didn't speak in tongues or whatever. I don't do that because I believe it's available when we pray, period. It's received by faith. I don't put the emphasis on whether or not they pray in tongues right then or not. And I remember one time I was praying for all these younger people. And there was, a, a, there was all these things happening. You've got to understand, this, this particular group, there had been such a powerful move of the Holy Spirit. I mean, they had seen for themselves for the first time. You've got to picture a group of young people. They, they saw that they saw a young lady manifest demons and get delivered to demons when I was praying for. They saw people that had health problems get healed. There was a young lady that couldn't, uh, 
go out and play soccer because she had gotten a snowboard accident and really messed up her knees. God totally healed her knees. So, I mean, they, they saw this supernatural. And I remember this young lady who was Baptist, and she, I would guess that she was probably about 15 years old. And when I was praying for people and I got to her, she said, well, Brother Scott, I don't. She said, I was raised not to believe in this. And I said, well, I understand that. I said, I tell you what, why not just pray? Jesus, is, if this is you, I just want it, if it's you. Just pray a real simple prayer like that. And she, she said, Lord, I'm sitting there like this beside her. She said, Jesus, if this is you, I, and before she could even say all of it, she fell backwards speaking in tongues. They just saw the power of God, and they, they, there was so much going on. It was so awesome. But I remember I was praying for him, and I was, and I was praying for the Baptist Holy Spirit. And one young lady, she got hit by the power, fell out. And um, she told me this like a week or two later. I don't remember the details now, but she said that she knew that something had happened to her, and she was flying home like a week or two later on an airplane listening to worship, and all of a sudden on the plane, for no reason, she just started crying. And, and I believe she said she kind of was shaking and crying. And she said all of a sudden just tongues started flowing. See, she received when we prayed by faith. But the manifestation of the, the prayer language came a little bit later. Receive it by faith. See, some people say, well, I didn't feel anything. I guess nothing happened. Boy, that's not the way it works. You got that wrong. I know one time I'd, I was going through a really difficult time in my life. And I went to the Brownsville Revival, and I had been going through a lot. And it was one of those times, and some of y'all maybe have been there, when the warfare was thick and things were just so intense that you really didn't feel the nearness of God. And this was the only time I went to Brownsville ever and I went a lot, that I really didn't feel a whole lot while I was there. I was just going through such a swirl of activity. But I went down and got prayer. And I remember that I still didn't feel much. And as I was coming home, I had to drive all night. And those that were with me, a bunch of wimps and sissies, went to sleep, left me driving. I had to be back, man, so I drove all night. I've never drank that much coffee in my life, but I made it back. And um, anyway, I got back, and I remember that when I got back to the East Texas area, I started feeling God doing something. I knew, see, I had received, but I didn't even know it. And that morning, I drove all night. That morning, I had to be at this particular church and help. So I go in, and I remember I was, um, I was just there in this early morning prayer meeting. And there was this guy, one of the elders, he's an older gentleman, he was, he was knelt down praying or something. I just felt led to pray for him. I don't know why. But I just kind of came by and I just had my hand on his shoulder and I was just praying for him. And I went off and I was just praying that morning for others. And he got up. And this was, this was a, a, a rough old guy. He had a rough exterior. You know, he, this was, uh, it's hard to explain if you don't know him. He, this just wasn't him, okay? He got up and his eyes were all red because he'd been crying. And he said, man, he said, I don't know what just happened. But he said, when Scott prayed for me and laid hands on me, he said, I felt like his hand was on me, but it felt like his hand was fire. And he said, I just felt the power of God going through me so powerfully. See, I didn't even know how much I'd received. Don't go by what you're feeling. 
That's people's biggest problem. I guess I didn't get anything because I didn't feel anything. It don't work that way. I'm just telling you. And I also believe personally, this is my opinion, I believe that the baptism in the Holy Ghost is something I personally don't believe it's just a one-time thing. Traditional Pentecostals believe one baptism and you're filled many, many times throughout your life. And however you want to word it, I'm not going to debate things with people. I don't really care. But I do believe that there is a continual baptism in the Holy Ghost and with fire personally. I have felt in my life that I have been baptized in the Holy Ghost and with fire many times. As a matter of fact, I felt it this year at the Pentecost conference when Brother Sergio prayed for me. I felt a whole nother baptism in the Holy Ghost and I felt fire. Catherine Coleman used to say before she had those powerful crusades, she said the Lord would baptize her in the Holy Ghost and with fire fresh for that crusade. Isn't that awesome? That's just my opinion. But Ephesians 5.18 says, Do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. So I believe there's a continual baptism in the Holy Ghost and with fire. There's continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. There's continually having a fresh anointing on our lives. And this was what I thought, okay, I put this at the end of the sermon. This is what I was trying to get to earlier. In Acts 18, starting with verse 14. Now when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For the, he had not, the Holy Spirit had not yet fallen upon any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then Peter and John laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So there's more, isn't there? In Acts 2.38, Peter said, Repent, each one of you, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children, all who are far off, as many as those that are called, or the Lord our God will call unto himself. So, there's more. There's more tonight. This is my feeling, my personal opinion, as people use different terminology. I'll give you an example. There is a man, I love this guy a lot, actually. His ministry is very powerful. And he's a wonderful man of God, but he grew up Baptist. So he was taught against Pentecostal, against Pentecostals his whole life. And sometimes it's hard to get past the prejudices. And he was ministering among convicts and people that really needed to be healed and delivered of a lot of junk. And he said he would minister all these different convicts. They would come down and pray to accept Christ, and they were sincere. They would leave out, go right back into the life of sin, and then end up right back in the prison where he was ministering to them again. And he got so fed up with it. Listen, there's a place of being desperate in God that the Holy Spirit puts that in you. And he began to be so desperate for more. He said, Lord, I cannot keep doing this. If you don't do something, I'm going to walk away from this ministry. I'm tired of this revolving door. What good is it really doing? He was just desperate. 
And a man came up to him. To understand, he's a Baptist guy. A man comes up to him with a prophetic word after he had cried out to God. And this was new to him. And in the prophetic word, he told him, he said, I see like this big bowl of fire and the fire leaping out and jumping on you. And I believe it was oil too. I see the Lord pouring oil all over you. And he said, God's about to anoint you. Well, anyway, make a long story short, he got baptized in the Holy Ghost. And now when he started ministering under the power of God, there are people that are, that are delivered. There are people that are healed and people that are changed by the power of God. And he said, now when they leave, they don't come back. And he says many, many testimonies of them being supernaturally healed and delivered of things. I remember one story. He said that this guy had had something wrong with, with uh, his stomach area. And it was a serious sickness. And God had shown him. And he saw like a, uh, in the spirit, he saw like a rat that was gnawing. It was a demon. And he commanded that spirit to leave. And you know that guy was completely healed. So a lot of times sicknesses have a demonic connection to it. But anyway, this guy, my point in saying that is this. He was raised in such a way that was so prejudiced against Pentecostals. And he did not want to use the phrase baptizing the Holy Ghost. So he would just say, God anointed me. Which both are accurate. But the point is, is that it really doesn't matter what words you want to use. There is a clothing of power from on high where you are baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire, whether you want to use those words or not, you are anointed. And now the Lord wants us to do what he did. Jesus said about his disciples, I'm send as I was sent, I'm sending you. You go out, cast out demons, heal the sick. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Jesus is our example. So tonight, I'm going to have my wife and I, um, we're going to pray for people that just want a fresh baptism in the Holy Ghost tonight. And I believe God's going to touch you powerfully. And you guys know how to receive. That was one thing Brother John Davis said when he was here. He said, Brother, you taught your people how to receive. And as he said, a lot of places he goes, people don't know how to receive. It's so simple, just receive it by faith. You remember Brother Randy was telling me, just going through praying for people. He got hit by the power of falling out, began to speak in tongues. Got baptized in the Holy Ghost right there. And so it's, so it's so simple. Let God just give you a fresh anointing tonight and a fresh empowerment. All right, let's go ahead and shut down recordings and we'll pray for people.